So I'm Sylvia. So good to see all of you again. I'm the practitioner for today. I have the candle, which we will light together. I get a torch. A little torch. I don't know if you can see. Representing that light within us all. Just taking in like another nice deep settling in breath and breathing, breathing everything in that we've just heard, experienced, felt that beautiful meditation, Laura's beautiful song, Reverend David's beautiful affirmation, just breathing all of that in. I just, I know and I recognize in this moment, every moment, that there is only one power, one spirit, one divine force. And that force, that spirit, that God is what is everywhere present in everything, in every no thing. It is present in that nature. It is present in ourselves. It is present and just is. For there is no spot where this power is not. And so in this moment, like I recognize and I know that just as previous people have said, we are these divine expressions. I am a divine expression of this one. And I know that every single person on this call, every single person on this planet, on this earth, is an expression, a divine, unique expression of this one. And that we are all connected, just as a massive, gigantic tapestry. Each of us is a thread thread woven into this tapestry called life, this tapestry that is a beautiful picture, a beautiful art, a beautiful expression as a whole, for we are all connected, that each of us are not only connected with one another, but with that divine spirit within. For this is who we came to be, this is who we are, is that divine light, that love that expresses through us. For that is who we really are. We are not our skin, as Laura said and sang. We are that divine presence within and just recognizing and acknowledging in this moment for every person on this call, for myself, for this planet, for this earth, peace, the peace that passes all understanding as I declare and know that this time is good and very good. It is blessed. 
It is filled with that unconditional love of the divine. And as we step forward into this week, into this day, we remember who we are in every moment. And then those little moments where we forget, we take a breath and we breathe and we ground ourselves and we remember that we are that divine thread, that divine breath, that divine love, that divine force within, that spirit that is connected and aligned with that divine blueprint, that pattern within. And so I am so grateful and just blessed Reverend David and knowing that everything that comes through him is of the divine and blesses us in every way today and in this week as we move forward. And I am so grateful. I'm so grateful for this community. I'm so grateful for this planet, for this earth, for the changing of the seasons, for the rain, for the moisture, for the fall, for the changing of the leaves and the reminder to let go and to take this time to introspect and heal. I'm so, so grateful for this teaching, for Ernest Holmes, for this prayer. And with this joyous and overflowing heart, I release my word into that alchemy of the law, that law that turns it over into that spirit, knowing that it is already done. It is already so. And so together we say, and so it is. Uh, we have a theme going here, kind of this knowing who we are. And it merges beautifully with our theme this month, which is joyously thriving. We're, we're in the middle of our, um, or not in the middle, we're just kind of beginning our uh, annual pledge drive, our annual recommitment to the support of this community and, and our the vision that came through the committee that um, that worked with this was connected as one joyously thriving in an evolving world. And so that is what we're going to focus on this month is joyously thriving. Because I want us to joyously thrive. I want all of us to joyously thrive. And so this, this week, we're going to look at uh, the core question of what do I really believe? Um, we can choose freedom, but oftentimes we don't because of, as somebody earlier said, junk that's in the way. I think it was uh, Laura's song. And so as we move into this recommitment month and, and we renew our commitment to uh, support this community, as you support this community, it's our commitment as a community, as the leadership of this community, to support you in joyously thriving. So this is not going to be a month of where I sit there and go, oh, please give us your money. Oh, please. We don't, that's, that's not how we do that. Um, I have an expectation that you're just, you know, we're all adults. You're going to do that. And my commitment is to support you and me in joyously thriving because we are connected as one and we are in an evolving world. 
And sometimes, by the way, evolution is messy. We might be looking at that in, in some of our world right now. There's an African philosophy called Ubuntu, and it's based on our interconnectedness with each other and the world and the earth. And it has as a core, I am, because we are. And we are because I am. Each of us is totally interconnected. We do not exist as individual little cells isolated from everybody else. We are one. And so as we look at thriving, we want to thrive together. We want to thrive together. And it's my commitment to upgrade and expand the quality of our thriving. Hopefully you're good with that. And so what do I mean by thriving? What do I mean by thriving? I invite each of us to have an intention of thriving. Have an intention, hold a conscious intention that I am thriving more than ever before. And that by that, I mean experiencing the vibration called wealth. Wealth. This includes wealth in the highest possible, most expansive possible way. It includes more money and more resources, and it also includes inner wealth, well-being, peace, and joy. See, if we have outer wealth without inner, it doesn't work. And if we have inner wealth, but we don't let it manifest in the outer, it doesn't work. And so we're here to, to create that balance, that harmony, that flow of thriving, of wealth in the largest sense of the word, inner and outer, as a greater experience of the freedom, which is the agenda of the universe. The, the universe's agenda for us is freedom. And so this month, we're going to take a deep dive into both expanding our wealth, our thriving, and our freedom, and becoming conscious of and releasing anything that's blocking that. Because we can't wish and hope for more, a greater experience of thriving, without addressing what has held us back, what is currently holding us back. And here's the news. Every one of us has a consciousness which holds us back to some degree. Now, for some, it's really, really holding us back. And for others, it's just a little bit. But we can always expand more because we're living in a universe of infinite wealth, of infinite good. There's no limits. And so when we start to remove the blocks, we move into a new dimension, a new area, a new and greater experience of thriving. Ernest Holmes says that a person must become more. A person must become more if they wish to draw a greater good into their life. We need to become more. And the way we do that is to open our consciousness and to take out the restrictions of that. So thriving is our natural way of being. And by the way, as you're going through this, pay attention and notice that if any of this triggers off any beliefs for you, that's just information for you to notice. Thriving is our natural way of being. The universe created us in freedom, not in bondage or lack of limitation. But most of us have been conditioned to believe in lack and limitation as a reality. And we got this conditioning from an early age, at an age where we didn't have the ability to discern, and to make choices, and, and to, to know that what we were being told wasn't spiritual truth or the truth of life itself. We didn't have the perspective. We didn't have the knowledge to say, you know, um, I think you picked that up from your depression era parents or your depression area lifestyle, and that's no longer true. You know, at four years old, we don't usually do that. 
So these underlying beliefs about ourselves and about the world and about money and wealth have been operating beneath the surface of our consciousness and subverting our best intentions. I shared a number of times ago um, that there was a point in time in my life where I was praying for more money, praying for more money. I've been in religious science for a good 10 years. And all of a sudden, one day as I was sitting meditating, I realized that I still viewed myself as a poor person, praying for more money to get not poor. And I realized that I had it backwards, that I had to change my own belief about myself in order to let the outer shift. And thankfully I did, and it did. I'm going to strongly encourage you this month, I, I don't usually do this, but I'm going to do this, to buy and use our book of the month, which is this book. It's called The Wisdom of Money by Alice Bandy. Alice Bandy was one of my teachers in ministerial school. Fabulous, wonderful, wise teacher. You can get it at Amazon. It's 20 bucks brand new. You can find it used on, on Amazon also. But this book has great exercises to help surface your current beliefs. I actually played with this book for a while while I was on a vacation um, this past week and, and used it as a, as a process to start to, to go deeper for myself. And it's a very powerful process. So you can become, we want to become conscious about what's operating our mind the beliefs systems, the beliefs that are operating our mind, because most of the time we're unconscious about that. Now, some of you who've been around for a while might say, oh, I, I, I've done things like that before, and, and I don't really need to do it again. And I'm going to suggest that, no, you, the person you are right now, haven't done this before. The person who did that five years ago was a different person. That's not the person you are today. Just like if you had a, um, a checkup, a medical checkup five years ago, it doesn't necessarily mean that everything is still the same today. So one of our biggest beliefs, one of our biggest patterns is to seek comfort. Comfort. You know, right now in, in, in this time of, of being kind of uh, closed down, we, we, a lot of people are talking about comfort food, and I want comfort food. And so it's one of our big patterns. We don't want to look at our beliefs because it's uncomfortable to do so. And it's kind of that, don't confuse me with the truth. I've got my comfortable opinion consciousness. Don't confuse me with the facts. I've got my opinions. And until we're willing to get uncomfortable, you know, one of my, my old teachers used to say, comfort kills. Comfort kills slowly. It's kind of like the, the frog that if you put it in a cold pan, and then start to gradually turn the heat up, it'll just sit there and adapt and adapt and adapt until it's cooked. Whereas if you put the frog in a hot pan, it would immediately jump out. It has the ability to do that. Our comfort, our comfortable staying where we are with our old beliefs and not really looking at them is easy up front, but it hurts in the long run. I've talked before about the, the way to create a flea circus is to train fleas, you know, to have trained fleas is you capture a bunch of fleas and you put them in a jar and you put a lid in the jar. And these fleas, which can jump an immense you know, height, keep hitting the lid in the jar when they keep trying to jump out of the jar. And pretty soon they're down just a little below the lid of the jar. And then you can take the lid off that jar and the fleas won't jump out because they're conditioned. And our consciousness can get like that. It can get conditioned to there's a certain ceiling that we have, and we can't go beyond that. I can't build a new consciousness of wealth 
on ground that isn't solid, <laughs> or in some cases is even a hazardous waste site. You know, we, we can't build a new consciousness until we clear out and make build a foundation that will support the structure we're going to create on top of that. We all have, as I said before, these sacred cow beliefs. Oh, oh, I just know that's true, and I don't want to let that go. And some of these beliefs might be stuff like, well, <laughs> number one might be, you shouldn't talk about money in church. You know, I've had a couple of times where I've, I've had period people, you know, say, I remember in my, my previous church, I had a person who walked up to me about six months into my ministry, and we were doing, starting to do this, and I, I talked about money one Sunday. And, and after the service, this person walked up to me and said, you just talk about money all the time. And I said, this is the first time I've talked about money. And she said, no, about three weeks ago, you said there was an event happening and how, you said how much it costs. We shouldn't talk about money in church. And that was a, you know, that's a strong belief that some people have. And it really comes from an underlying belief that money is not spiritual. Money is not spiritual. And we say this despite saying that we believe that it's all God, that there is no uh, spot where God is not, there is no spot where the divine is not, as, as Sylvia said in her. We talk about it being all spiritual. I remember a, a money coach years ago talking about we believe that God is everywhere excepting in two places. Number one is our money, and number two oftentimes is ourselves. And so this is why we ask the question, what do I really really believe because what we really believe shows up as our life what we really believe shows up as our life our life up until now is a documentary of our beliefs so far so how's the movie so far how's this documentary going so far the great news is we can change the script we're not stuck repeating the same old life if and this is the big if if we become conscious of how we got here and what's operating. And this is the other big thing, change our thinking and our beliefs. We have to become conscious of what's going on and then we have to change what's not working to what it is that will support us. And so that's what we're focusing on this month. So ask yourself, how do I interact with money on a physical level? Do I love handling it or do I consider it dirty? Do I welcome it? Do I push it away or do I grab at it? What does my bank account, my debt picture look like? Keep breathing as we do this. Mentally, how much time every day or how much time do I spend thinking about money? And how is that like how my parents focused on money? Do I measure my own and others' success by money? Emotionally, what are my biggest fears about having money? Yes, what are my biggest fears about having money? And then what are my biggest fears about not having money? How do I feel when a conversation turns to money? You know, my parents never talked about money when I was around. And so I noticed that when I'm in conversations about money, I tend to just check out. And it's not that I don't know how to do money, but that's my first impulse is to check out and I have to kind of bring myself back. 
So how do I feel when conversation turns to money? And then spiritually, have you ever experienced the flow of money guiding or supporting a decision? A few, uh, a couple of months ago, I was considering a workshop and they raised the price of the workshop by an extra hundred dollars. And I kind of went, you know, but I finally went, okay, spirit, if, if I'm supposed to be in this workshop, you know, make it clear. And literally within hours after that, I got $92 unexpectedly. Uh, somebody called me up and said, you know, I realized that we owe you $92 more than, you know, that we didn't pay you. So how do we experience the flow of money guiding or supporting a decision? Do you feel money comes to you when you want? And that you can spend it or give it away when you want? Do you feel comfortable? Do you feel in a healthy flow? Or do you feel that it's something outside of you that you have no control over? So those are just some of the questions to consider as you look at your beliefs. And a lot of that came from that book. I, again, I will strongly encourage you to get that book. So next week, we're going to look at money myths. Money myths. If you've looked at the title, it's it's uh, Money So They Say. Uh, those of you who are Pink Floyd fans know the rest of that line. And so, but we're going to look at what are the money myths around. And we're going to also then look at how do I expand my normal way with money, my normal about money. And yes, we're saying money. And it's church. Breathe. So this week... What I invite you to do is two spiritual practices. Number one, because I'm going to hammer on this, buy the book and do the exercises in chapter one. And thank you from Terry. She says, if it's difficult to find on Amazon, search. And, and if you just put in the wisdom of money, you'll get a whole bunch of books. Use uh, uh, Alice Bandy as the author. Alice Bandy, B-A-N-D-Y. Buy the book, do the exercises in chapter one. If you're really serious about expanding this or any area of your life, you have to have the willingness to do the work. You know, back when I was an athlete, I had to do the work to keep getting better. And I kept training with people who were faster than I was. And it was hard sometimes. It was embarrassing sometimes to be the last one up the hill when with my regular group, I was the first one up the hill. But that was how I kept getting better and better. So it's, it takes willingness to do the work, which in the long run is easier than not doing the work because not doing the work is that comfort kills uh, process. So that's pro uh, practice number one. And number two, contemplate what would I like my financial picture to look like? If you don't have an image of what you want it to look like, the mind has nothing to work with and it'll just kind of keep on repeating what it is. What would I like my financial picture to look like? Get specific. And then double it. Because most of us are still working with this ceiling over here, like good train fleas, which is what our belief systems do for us. So double it. Jump out of that jar. So are you willing to play with those two practices? Number one, buy the book and do the exercises. And number two, contemplate what would I like it to do? I see. So take a breath. I'm going to close with a quote and then an affirmation. And then we'll have some more music from Laura. The quote is from the Science of Mind textbook by Ernest Holmes. Success and happiness are ours when we deal with absoluteness. What we need to know is the truth, capital T, truth. What we need to know is the truth. This does not mean that we need to be active. Of course we shall be active. 
but we need not compel things to happen. He's saying we don't have to force it to happen. Remember that we are surrounded by a universal subjectivity, a subjective creative consciousness, which is receptive, neutral, impersonal, always receiving the impress of our thought and which has no alternative other than to operate directly upon that thought, thus creating the things which we think. This is why we work on our beliefs. This is why we create intention. Is because the universe will correspond to what we're thinking and what we're believing, whether we like it or not, whether we wish we were thinking something else. Mm. So let's let's see. Do our excuse me. Do our um, affirmation together. Join me in saying this. My beliefs support me in joyously thriving, which is my birthright. Let's say it again with feeling. My beliefs support me joyously, in joyously thriving, which is my birthright. And so it is. And in that sense of gratitude, we call this time complete. And yet we let it birth into the next moment. We let it feed us and fill us. So we walk through this week remembering who we are. Remembering who we are. We are spirit in form, rooted in love. We are here to thrive. We are here to be the freedom the spirit is as us. And gratitude for knowing that as our truth, and then in gratitude for living that and experiencing and expressing that as our truth. I release this word into that process of law that moves it into form and expression that grows it into our experience. And I let it be. And so it is.